Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hi, Ben. And Travis Irvine. Hello. Thank thank you guys so much for being on the show. We are going to have a blast today. This Newsweek has been insane. We were just doing our pre-pro for the show. The amount of intense stories is endless this week. If if this Newsweek was a steak, it would be an entire cow. Absolutely. And only the worst cuts of that cow, (laughs) because that is the news of American politics. We're going to get a little bit more serious a little later on. Obviously, we're going to talk about what's going on with the Derek Chauvin trial in Minneapolis. My God, if you've had a chance to watch any of the footage, specifically from the witnesses who saw Derek Chauvin murder George Floyd, makes your heart break. It is so hard to watch. And hearing the first first witness accounts, we forget how traumatized they are. I mean, to see this man murdered in front of them and not be able to stop it because we know the powers that be would just throw them away and throw, lock them up and throw away the key if they did. The trauma that took place on that sidewalk in Minneapolis cannot, be understated. I I literally have to like control my rage. I was hearing one of the NPR stories about yeah. the, one of the interview, and I just I had I mean, and I wasn't even there, you know. I so I can't even I don't even know how to compute. Does not compute what yeah. I would do as I watched those witnesses, um, you know, on the stand giving their testimony. It made me think about New York City. What eight years ago, when another man said he couldn't breathe, Eric yep. Garner, of the course. guy who videotaped that, went to jail. Yes, he um, did. I don't know if he's still in there or not, to be quite honest. Yes, he but- did, because he had an outstanding warrant for, I believe, marijuana, which is, interestingly enough, now going to be legalized in New York State as Governor Cuomo attempts to wiggle out of his series of scandals by giving people weed. Will it work? It might actually. It might actually work. <laughs> Everybody's really high. They don't remember what, what he happened? did. Who's Governor Cuomo? What did he do again? I forgot, man. I got the weed. It's great. So we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in Minneapolis uh, a little bit later on in the episode. Obviously, extremely, extremely sad, devastating situation. And we can only hope that justice will be served. We're also going to talk about what's going on with the man who people say his head is the size of a balloon, but it turns out his brain is mostly air. This dude is one of the dumbest politicians in American history. Matt Gates. Oh my God. Matt Gates, this scandal. Talk about birds of a feather fuck together. And oftentimes mm. that involves an underage child. Absolutely disgusting, especially on the heels of all the QAnon conversation going on. We have the QAnon uh, documentaries coming out at nauseum. Matt Gates was a massive proponent of Q which supposedly was supposed to bust pedophile rings that he is now being accused of participating in. So we're going to talk about what's going on with Matt Gates as well. Also, we'll speak about what's going on in Georgia, both in a gun legislation sense and in a voter registration sense. Georgia, you know, man, it's one of those states where a lot of people said, Atlanta, it's hot. It's hot. People are filming down there. Atlanta's going to be the new Hollywood. 
And Georgia said, purple? No, 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 no. Let's turn down the heat on this steak and make sure it stays blood red. And that's exactly what the legislation going forward is attempting to do. So we're going to talk about that. But first, let's just talk about a goofy story. And because this is American politics, the goofy story today does involve someone storming the Capitol and attempting to overthrow the United States government. (laughs) January 6th of 2021, we all remember what happened. A bunch of angry mob of overweight Midwesterners and Southerners and uh, maybe some people from the coast as well attempted to storm the Capitol. They did get in. They stole a couple of AOC's shoes, and I'm sure those are currently being sold on the cum market. (laughs) This story is so funny because the FBI is still looking for these people. Uh, Of course, it's not that difficult because 99.9% of them put everything that they did on January 6th on social media because they were so damn proud of it. So finally, and I know, Fernando, you are upset because you don't think the FBI is doing enough. Not at all. I mean, uh, we were talking about we're going to talk about George Floyd and everything, obviously. But look at what these people were able to get away with. And look at what other people have been forced to watch. I, I mean, it, it's it's Good hilarious. Yep. It's hilarious that it, it, it the the uh, January sixth event is so funny. But if it's it's imagine if it was a different group of people doing the exact same thing, right? And we've said it over and over that I'm like I'm preaching to the choir here with this. But mm-hmm. I mean, what if what if all those people had you know rushed rushed uh, the police officer Derek Chauvin? You know, would would the would it be at would it take as long for the FBI to find each and every one of those people? Would it take as long for them to be prosecuted? Would it take as long? You know, would there be so many? Oh, we have to wait for them to get on the plane stories. Right. And right. Well, and of course, again, because there was no police force or a limited police force at the on January 6th at the Capitol. That would not have happened as well. If the scenario, if it was a BLM protest or a BLM um, rally, there would have been so many, so many different more. types of cops. And as we've talked about on this show before, I believe there's 18 different. The Postal Union has a police force for crying out loud. Everyone, it would have been all hands on deck. So that just that alone, just the Capitol Police being like, I think everything's going to be fine. They're fat. <laughs> Turns out it is not correct. So the FBI has been hunting down some of the people, but I agree with you, Fernando. I think the search would be much more vigorous if the uh, pigmentation of the participants was slightly different. But nonetheless, this story is kind of funny. So the Associated Press has reported that federal officers went to arrest this dude, Garrett Miller. All right, Garrett Miller was at the Capitol. And again, you know he's at the Capitol because they found him on Instagram and Parler bragging about being at the Capitol. But not just that. As they knock on the door, <laughs> the dude opens, this Garrett Miller dude opens the door wearing a T-shirt. And it's not one of those cool T-shirts that I have where it says it's not a it's not a uh, it's not a beer belly. It's a full tank for a sex machine. That's oh, a cool shirt. That's a classic shirt. No, he was wearing a shirt that says, quote, I was there, Washington, D.C., January 6th, 2021, just in case it was like 1983 for the Reagan whatever. These people talk about, you know, I it gets a little bit cliche and it almost sounds a little trite sometimes. But when we talk about the idea of like what's privilege, right? The idea that these people committed a series of felonies against the state, whether you like the state or not, whatever. That doesn't matter. The fact is the fact. Treason. Treason against the Insurrection. state. Insurrection. And not only are they proud of it, they printed T-shirts. There they are. Everyone's got to get your T-shirt. And get make your sure, T-shirts. Make sure when the FBI comes to your door, you're wearing it. And we've got hats and we've got mugs. And you can just have the whole thing, really. So apparently this dude, Miller, he went to Facebook and he used, so he took a picture of himself and he says, quote, just wanted to incriminate myself a little. Lol. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. So this is what he did. This is what prosecutors say that this man who was so proud about storming the Capitol that he had to wear the flare 
I don't know if he was wearing pants or underwear. It is possible his dingle dangle was just dangling and dingling where he has their shirt because I could see this guy also being one of those dads that is a no pants dad. Mm. Just a really long shirt. Just a long Maybe a long shirt. shirt or a short shirt or a long shirt that looks short because his gut is protruding out <laughs> of it and you can still see his belly button a little bit like King Hippo. Hopefully they start <laughs> to make booty shorts. January 6th booty shorts Ooh, soon so this man God. can wear some some type of clothing over his I, genitals. I can't wait. So this is what the prosecutors wrote about this dude. He says, by they say, by bringing tactical gear, ropes, and potentially by his own admission, a gun to the Capitol. Again, January 6, 2021. Miller showed he was not just caught up in the frenzy of the crowd, but instead came to D.C. with the intention of disrupting the democratic process of counting and certifying the electoral college votes so this dude he was all in he loved larping and in this case it got i want to say out of control but it seems like it was very in control because he planned the whole damn thing you you nailed it on the head for me to them this is a larp still even yeah. i feel like to the prosecutors this is a larp still this is a, a really fun larp that now they have to I, participate in i will push back only in the sense that prosecutors are very serious and the FBI is very scary. So I do think there are many people within the FBI taking this very seriously. And these people, we'll see what happens. I wouldn't want to be them, though. Oh, 100. No, definitely not. They oh. got one day of fun and that's what they chose to do with it. And I I don't really trust them to uh, to be out there on the streets too much because what else are, are they capable of, you know? Oh, I mean, it's going to be... Look, these trials, once these these trials start to commence, I mean, get ready for the complete opposite of what you're used to in, in trials. I mean, you're, you're, Fernando, you're talking about the, the Derek Chauvin case. Um, I mean, the way these witnesses are being treated, the, the oh January 6th trials are going to be nuts. It's going to be a shit show. I don't even know if they do them all in D.C. all at once or if they arrest everyone and do them in their home counties well you know is it where the crime is committed right what happens oftentimes with people who don't fully understand the strength of the united states government specifically in a criminal fashion uh they're gonna plea out as soon as they look at the bars and as soon as they smell a jail as soon as they see what life is like that millions of people currently have to live because of drug offenses or over-incarceration, as soon as they see what that looks like, these are bitches at the end of the day. These are weak people who are just going to plea immediately and desperately try to get out of the situation, and they're going to cry and cry and cry. And will it work? I don't know. Because, again, they do have a little bit of privilege on their side. Well, the Q shaman already has kind of pled that way that, yes. uh, you know, he was in jail. His mom was like, he needs to eat organic food. And yes. then his defense between was the, basically blaming it all on Trump. Yes. Between the Q shaman and Ghislaine Maxwell complaining about the food. You know, <laughs> oh, if that at the same time, if that moves the needle and gives these people slightly more human treatment, I don't know. I guess maybe that could be good. But I have a feeling that's not their motivation. I have a feeling they're slightly more selfish than that. I also have a feeling that the Q shaman isn't doing great in prison as he bitches about the pancakes not being organic. None of them seem to be doing well in prison. Uh, I believe it was Trevor, Trevor Noah the other day was reading one of the transcripts for his show of one of the trials. It was it's sad. You know, it's you just you hear the, the mentality of these people there. It's not working out. Be right. careful. And again, the larger story is we can kind of laugh at these people because they did something so ridiculous and so over the top and so stupid and so ignorant. But the main story is be careful who you listen to and be careful who you choose to follow. Trump has a history. The dominoes fall, but the Donald doesn't. And all of these little people, all these little pawns in Roger Stone's big game, they're just going to fall. There is no pardon coming. There is no great release. There is no great Donald resurgence. You guys are idiots. You've been used as pawns. Literally just for political theater to be covered by the news. And that's exactly what Roger Stone organized on January, starting January 5th, concluding January 6th. So these people, I have the, the world's smallest violin that I will play for them. Be careful who you listen to, because especially now, as we're seeing with all the Q documentaries coming out, dude, people are in freaking deep. Oh, man.
And that is a perfect segue to what's going on right now in Georgia. And I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this because I could not be more disgusted by what's happening in Georgia, not just when it comes to their voting laws and legislation that they're putting forth, which makes it more difficult, but the reaction that specifically the Republicans in Georgia had regarding the horrific spa shootings. And I say this has a connection to people being radicalized online because one of the pieces of legislation that has been put forward by State Senator Bo Hatchett, he's a Republican out of Atlanta, would make it easier for those who live in the state of Georgia to obtain gun licenses online. So they want to make voting illegal to do online illegal more to register. Difficult. Yes. And they want you to now be able to register for a gun online, which means you don't even have to look at somebody in the eye so they can see your hand shaking and they can see you holding the picture of your ex-wife with X marks over her <laughs> eyes so they can at least get some kind of gauge of your mental sanity. They want to allow you to buy guns online, delivered to your house. Have we learned nothing from how people get radicalized online? So all of a sudden you're in a YouTube hole for 30 hours. You believe that every single... You believe in Pizzagate. You believe in all this crazy... It could be reptilians. could be the earth is flat. Whatever hole you want to get down. And just when you are peak, full of Mountain Dew, maybe a little meth, <laughs> boom. I think I'm going to register for a gun. Oh, I can do it online now? Oh. And it'll be here in 24 hours. Thank you, Amazon. <laughs> oh, no. Next thing you know. We can, we can assume what happens 36 hours after that person gets their guns 24 hours after they went crazy because they looked at something online. This legislation is so stupid. And I am not, you know, I believe that the Second Amendment, I always have to have the caveat because I always get sniped at. Second Amendment, I love it. Great. P protect yourself, please, God. Please, please. But this is insane. And this is such an obvious push by the gun lobby to just sell, at the end of the day, more merch. I don't understand at all. I don't understand. Um, it's almost so purposely like, offensive. It's so purposely. I was going to say that. Um, yeah, go on. I was really going to say that it is almost just mocking it. It yes. is almost the NRA going, oh, you think, you think you're going to stop right. us? Right. Watch. Well, and you know, I keep comparing Georgia and in Ohio because both have gone so crazy red uh, in the last few decades. But um, same deal in Ohio. We had a, a shooting in Dayton. Um, uh, the crowd yelled at Governor Mike DeWine to do something. He had some very modest stuff that he put into the state house. Nothing got through. And what ended up happening was Ohio actually voted on stand your ground. It passed. Oh. And then Mike DeWine signed it. And, it. and, you know, because the conservative argument is in the NRA, I'm sure, they will say, well, if more people at that spa had guns, they could have fired back. If we had gotten more good guys' guns, then they could have fought the bad guy with the gun. And, of course, like you just pointed out, Ben, I mean, registering a firearm online when you can't even vote online. They're going in yeah. such the opposite direction of what we need to do. It's like I pointed out the last few weeks. People on the Internet posting about how more people have been shot uh, in these mass shootings um, and killed. Um, than there were of any voter fraud scenarios whatsoever across the country. And yet right. we have 100 bills trying to limit voter uh, registration. And we have, uh, I mean, copious. Zero. There has not been one, ant or not even anti-gun, one moderate proposal to limit the potential of gun violence. Right. There has not been one. Every single thing that happened after Columbine was to loosen gun laws. And that notion, which I will dispel, because it has been proven to be not factually accurate, when it comes to someone having a sidearm, odds are it will either be used against them or a member of their own family. Most people who have guns don't pull them out in a gunfight because when they do, we saw what happened, oh, maybe what was it, six, seven years ago outside of that country western bar where the biker gangs got into a fight and then 13 people I think were shot and killed because everyone pulled out their guns. More bullets in the air never makes things safer because we're not living in a movie that is called John Wick. Because the deaths are real, and you're not getting recast in John Wick 2 and 3. You're dead. So the idea is totally asinine. And again, all they're trying to do is move product. This is the last thing we need, is people registering to get firearms that can kill me. 
despite the fact I could, fim- I could physically pull this person's arms off and beat him to death <laughs> with said arms. But because this little punk got a gun, mm. now all of a sudden I have to, like, be scared for my life. Courtney Springs, the leader of the Georgia chapter of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. This is the one thing I will say about Courtney. Shorten that up a little bit. Oh. What about... Angry moms say, fuck you. Oh, that's something like that. Moms demand action for gun sense in America. This is what she had to say. She says, when lawmakers had an opportunity to pass legislation proposed by our own Asian American officials that would have been life saving, they instead chose to decrease public safety and put lives at risk. And I will agree with her on that. So that legislation is taking place in Georgia. Of course, the housing state of Atlanta. It's just interesting to see how Georgia, I mean, I just feel like 10 years ago, I believe Georgia even went Obama. Um, Georgia he may have carried that state. No, Georgia, last time Georgia went Democrat was 92 for Clinton. 92 for Clinton. Okay. Interesting. But there was just a big conversation about Georgia's changing. We're the new Georgia, you know, right. the Georgia peaches. It's more welcoming than ever before. And then the legislation being put forth, all almost seeming to be revenge based against Stacey Abrams right. for having the audacity to register for people to vote. It's just, it's just makes your eyes bleed because there's no positive outcome for the population, for the public. The only positive outcome is for the gun lobby and the politicians in power. How does this stuff pass? How do these people stay in office? It's, I, it's like CBS. Uh, they were down there interviewing people and a Republican legislator was basically like, if Trump had won, you would not see this voter that's restriction That's exactly bill. what he said. That, well, the question was, wasn't the question is if Trump would have won, would they have these voter right, restrictions in Georgia? And what did he say? He said in a very Georgia way with a smile on his face, let me check my crystal ball, which of course means no, no. they would not be putting that forward. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Well, speaking of that, so these are new Georgia legislations being put forth, new Georgia laws being put forth regarding voting. Again, Travis, you nailed it on the head. Easier to get a gun than it is to vote. There is something wrong with that sentence. So under this new bill, it was uh, signed into law by Governor Brian Kemp. Of course, the man, and I've said it many, many times, he was in charge of the voter rolls when he was running for governor. Uh, small conflict of interest. Oh, yeah, maybe. I would say it's a small conflict of interest when the person running for governor gets to decide who votes. Right, and count the votes. But that is not the corruption that they're talking about, which is the real corruption. Of course, it's always this straw man argument, as Travis said as well, that Illegal people are voting. You can't get them to vote legally, let alone freaking illegally. (laughs) So this is what the vote or this is what the law says regarding people standing in line to vote, which, again, it's not fun. No. And the idea of making it more difficult is totally insane. So this is what the law states. No person shall solicit votes in any manner or by any means or method. Nor shall any person distribute or display any campaign material, nor shall any person give, offer to give, or participate in giving of money or gifts, including, but not limited to, food and drink to an elector. An elector is a voter. What I think is, there should be a carnival-like atmosphere. I think there should be hot dog stands. Yes. I have no problem until you get to that voting booth. If there's somebody with the Green Party, the Libertarian Party, the Republican Party, the Democratic Party trying to switch your vote right at the last minute, 
Like trying to be like, hey, don't forget the Libertarian Party stands for this. This is a democracy. Right. And if we don't have a healthy democracy, we can't have a healthy democracy unless there is proper debate. And I don't see why people can't be out there having fun wearing. Does this mean I can't wear my flair right. when I go to vote? Like, what does it even mean? It's totally needless legislation. There are so many issues in Georgia. Infrastructure being a massive one. And the fact that this got signed, right. it's such a straw man argument. And it voter fraud in the way that they're saying it exists just does not exist. The way I feel is uh, the, the the legislators who put this into power, they were driving by the voting booths, you know, the day of the, the, the election oh, last year. Oh. And they saw all these people wearing blue shirts, oh getting handed water. water. Yeah, oh. they were like... That's next no. next time. It's the water. They're hydrated when they vote. Uh, We've got to dehydrate the vote. <laughs> dehydrate them. Um, this bill, uh, like you guys said, is so gross. Kemp signed it behind closed doors, which is unusual for signing a bill. He signed uh, signed it surrounded by six white men and also in front of a painting of a plantation. Oh, it could not be God. more clear. Um, the new senator there, Senator uh, Reverend Warnock, even said this is the new Jim Crow. And it's completely blatant. I mean, the only precincts that have lines where you would even need water and food are the precincts, the poorer inner city precincts, and they they always don't have enough voter machines. It's also, even if you think about the Republican voter base, they're old. You want granny and grandpa sitting out there in the sun, not being able to get water because they happen to forget it in their Subaru? Like, what do you... It's just so... The idea of, like, starve the line <laughs> is so asinine also because sometimes you're waiting eight hours. Yep. So all of a sudden you can't get a cookie? You can't have someone pass out anything? You can't. And if you just leave the line, you lose your place in line. That was a big thing, you know, when, when the voter booths close at 7 p.m. sharp. If you're in line, you're allowed to stay in line as if you were there. But they do cut off the line at 7 p.m. Not to mention... The people who were doing this, what they're what they're assuming to be a problem, people trying to um, intimidate the vote, right, right, like, the, and and that has happened for a long time. Yes, ironically, it's not particularly uh, their side of the aisle. In this case, the Republican Party side of the aisle, they're pretty complicit in intimidating the vote. Look no further than two thousand sixteen and two thousand twenty. Uh, Trumpers were pretty intense. When it comes to letting people know how they're voting, <laughs> and I don't even care. Good. And as soon as he's out of office, you can be a loser. That's fine. Tell me who you're voting for. I don't care because I've made my mind up. It is just so asinine that they have somehow projected voter fraud onto the minority or the left groups in Georgia when in reality they are the ones who have been the arbitrators of voter election fraud pro ever since the poll tax. Right. I oh, mean, ever since, oh, I mean, Jim this Crow. country, Jim, Crow, like it's been going on forever. And of course, the political parties, you can argue they switch back and forth. The pendulum swings. But at the end of the day, no matter where it ends up, it ends up screwing over a lot of freaking people who just don't have the ability to vote the last thing or don't have the easiest accessibility to vote. And the last thing we need to do is make it more difficult. That's why I approve of the Democrats with that federal legislation. HR1. But yeah. this, HR1 is a federal legislation. Well, it would fix something like this because it would make it. But this would still be, a, uh, this would still be Georgia state law. Right. So all Georgia state elections, this is the law of the land. Right. Well, and that's the point of HR1 is to make a, um, a almost a federal guideline because every state is different in how they create and run their elections. The federal guidelines would then make certain things illegal, um, making, you know, if a state wants to restrict voting against H.R. 1, um, H.R. 1's guidelines, that would now be illegal. So that's another big reason why, you know, it goes back to everything we've been talking about the last few weeks. You know, should they go ahead and kill the filibuster so they can pass H.R. 1 and then H.R. 1 would effectively um, destroy restrictive voter legislation like the one in Georgia? Right. And the question is, Fernando. Why are they so scared if people vote? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> Doesn't that mean, like, if I have a party and I'm like, 
I really hope the I really hope that a group of people don't show up. It's like, well, what am I planning? <laughs> right. Like, what am, what am I thinking about doing? If this, like, why? I hope you know, like, like a, a bit of a, a bit of a jokey response to that. But L Bundy, like, no, ma'am, like his no, ma'am group. No, ma'am. where it's like, <laughs> oh, I have a feeling that you're going to say a bunch of sexist things <laughs> in no, ma'am group. Yeah. So the question is, why don't you want people to vote? Uh, you know, is it is it because you're worried you're passing? legislation that's actively harming them it's what i said last week you know they know what they're doing to you that's Mm -hmm. why what travis said they do things behind closed doors that's why they sign these bills in the middle of the night i'm going to talk a little bit about this later with cognitive cognitive, cognitive dissonance it's um is it is it only a Republican conservative thing because I mean not I mean I, I lie it's not because I, I'm going to talk later about some Democrats experiencing it but it feels to me like it's a lot stronger in the Republican and conservative ide- ideology like it's it's a lot easier for you to do these mental gymnastics where it makes sense to make it harder to vote but it it's easier to get a gun right the idea of well that's why most legislation. Anything, not all the time, but oftentimes, what the legislation is called is opposite to the effect. Sesta Fosta, just to use that as an example. Right. We're helping sex workers. We're getting, we're getting them. We're we're gonna eliminate their job. Again, we're gonna help them. Making sex no. work, making sex work illegal doesn't stop sex work. All it does is it means more people start dying from it. Exactly. Making abortion illegal doesn't stop abortion. It just means more women will be dying. Women, or you know, however you choose to identify, more people who can become pregnant will die from it goes on to the drug war and it continues on from there to this day. So Georgia, Georgia, get it together. Georgia, you're on my mind. And I love Georgia and I love the people of Georgia. I love well, I've only been to Atlanta, so I love the people of Atlanta. Um, but my god, just seeing what's happening out there, it uh it should be a wake-up call to people. Yeah. And it's a reminder how important it is to continue to vote and continue to be active. Because they are actively trying to make it more difficult for you to be active. Meanwhile, they'll probably pass a bill soon making it legal to give water or food to someone in line to buy a gun. Oh, yeah. Honestly, probably. Requiring that you be Give that guy water. His fingers looking itchy. Indeed. Take martial arts practice. I would rather, I mean, honestly, I'm not even saying this because I'm a pacifist. I'd rather kill someone with my hands. I want to feel their soul go into my body. You know, I was was talking about that with my sister the other day, and she's like, you know, when you choke them out, you really mean it. So you got to work for it. The soul goes through the eyes. You look them right in the eyes. And next thing you know, you have more power. <laughs> that's how you should do that's it. That's how what, you should do it. What's the fun of being Steven Paddock? You don't even get to see everyone. Dead. <laughs> oh, my God. That's honestly whatever message resonates with gun with people who whatever want to get a gun. and be like, you know what? Head. Kill him with your hands. Yeah. It's more American. You can get. It's American to oh, do it with it's way more American. It is Absolutely. more American. Do you want to have a lot of fun? Uh-huh. Drop the gun, kill him with your hands. Oh. I'm running for president. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of someone who wanted to run for president and no longer will be able to, uh, well, I mean, I don't think he would have won anyway. This guy's such a douchebag. Matt Gates. All right. This is, I'm just going to say, again, because it's American politics. Another light story, and it involves human trafficking. All right. Oh, Great. how fun. Fun news there. Matt Gates, of course, I'm sure all of you know who he is. He has been one of the most blowhardy blowhards for Donald Trump's rhetoric and ideology. He has been a sycophant for Donald Trump, came into office in 2016. 16. So he took that Trump wave. Matt Gates is like if, if Ren and Stimpy fucked each other and had a child oh he is just like he's full of farts and then he's also like upset like ren yes and it's like dude what is going on with you what is wrong with you well it turns out he has been privy or part of an fbi investigation for what about a year two years years, now it says his father has worn a wiretap he has said that he was uh he he said that he was being um blackmailed for 25 million dollars by someone who said he can shut down the case with the FBI when it comes to him trafficking a 17-year-old girlfriend across state lines, which is illegal. Even if he stayed in the state of Texas with this 17-year-old, the age of consent is 18. So he doesn't even get that sort of like, he doesn't even get that little leeway. Right. Like if he was in Louisiana or something. So the FBI has been on this dude for this long. 
which makes you wonder how, like, what is his brain? Knowing that he is, how insane is this? So we don't, we're not talking 1991. No. Well, let's be honest. I mean, there was a lot of 17-year-old girls flying with a lot of senators, probably, or congressmen, I'm sure. We've had Me Too. Everything is monitored 24-7. Everyone has a phone. We've had so many different social movements. We've had so many different social conversations about, like, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And then this little lackey, this Trump lackey, decides to bring a 17-year-old girl across state lines multiple times. Because his buddy hooked him up with him? His buddy who was also the tax collector for Florida? For Seminole County. For Seminole which County. Which is Orlando. It is, like, it is insane. Like, this per Matt Gates is, he's a sick dude. This is uniquely Florida. That's the first thing I thought. Because all of this started, and, and you're absolutely right, Matt Gates kind of got caught up in this thing. There were the, the original investigation, in fact, shout out to Rachel Maddow. I don't often shout out to Rachel Maddow, but she did a great job breaking down this story. The feds were originally investigating this guy who also got elected in 2016 in the Trump wave. You know, both him and Gates were in their 30s, right? They, they got elected 31, 34, out of Orlando. And um, right away, this tax collector guy, I believe the man's name is Joel Greenberg. Yes. Um, he just, it must go to his head. He hires all of his friends. He in got this tax all talking. His he, wedding party. His wedding party, basically. Yeah, he not even his friends, but people at, in the photo. Again, talk about, oh. here, FBI, these are the people I hired in my wedding photo. Can you think of a more nefarious human being than a cocky tax collector? I mean, he was stealing old IDs. People oh. have to go to this office to get a new ID. And then when they were putting old IDs into a shred bin, the tax collector in charge <laughs> of the office would go steal IDs, put his own face on them, and basically steal people's identities. But my understanding was all of his, like, co-workers would be like, yeah, he's digging through the trash again. <laughs> like, didn't anyone be like, hey, uh, tax collector, those are IDs for the shred bin? Well, also... Even Blockbuster Video, when you had to return it in that little slot, seemed more secure than the state of Florida, <laughs> who now has my life in their hands. <laughs> yes, that, I would say that that is the case. Either oh. way, this Greenberg's guy, his life spiraled more and more out of control from just being a corrupt elected official. And he got into uh, uh, tax evasion. He got into money laundering, obviously um, ID stealing. Um, identity theft. And then, of course, this all eventually led to exactly where you think it would have been, sex trafficking and pedophilia. And that's where Matt Gates comes in. Is that where, is that the sequence of events? Like always? That's the that, sequence of events. That's, that's how right. Rachel Maddow described it very well. And but, th that is when, you know, the FBI is investigating this guy. And, you know, it, it's almost it's, like the Trump campaign getting yes. caught up in the Russia investigation. They just get caught up in it. They weren't the focus starting with the investigation, but then they get caught up in the investigation as they spider web out new, new, uh, I'm going to say headshots. <laughs> right. Are added to the cork board. Yes. New lines are made. Oh yes. 17 year old girl, Matt Gates, tax collector, state lines, federal charges, not good. And Matt, now he's saying he's being extorted for that. And that's what this whole hullabaloo was about. Well, and this, of course, is Fernando. I think you can say this is uh, this is the Trump playbook, right? Distract, deny, move on. Here's the here's the play on this. The spin. He was saving her from being harvested. They, he saved her. Oh, from is that going to yeah. be the Q yeah. spin? Yeah. He saved her. No adrenochrome came out of her. He was protecting her. That's she's the right. She's the, he wasn't part of the ring. He was trying to save her from the ring. Okay. Boom. I, I could see that. I could see that. I could also see him being. Secret Antifa. Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. Secret Antifa. Whoa. You heard it here first, folks. I've seen the documents. <laughs> it's Don't like, come up with something crazy like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, he was saving her, like like when Donald Trump was hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein, working undercover. He, he was the chosen one. He was trying to stop it. When he went to see the young girls changing at the Miss Teen USA pageant, he was working undercover. Uh -huh. And sometimes the job just isn't good. It's not fun <laughs> for everyone. This cognitive dissonance. It's how? How do you how? how how do you do this as a senator? And then all the things you're, I, I don't. I, as a representative. Yeah. yeah. He, he's, sorry. Oh, absolutely. But of course, senators and representatives, uh, they might not have the same amount of power in the house, but they certainly seem to have the amount of power in their pants. Oh, in their pants and in their community. I mean. Good Lord. And, oh, well, you could almost argue that someone in the state house has more power. 
uh, someone in the in the uh, in the House of Representatives rather has more power than a senator. Uh, specifically in their uh, jurisdiction, right? Oh, certainly in their district. Yeah, yeah, of course. And in fact, I would be remiss if we uh, did not bring another thing full circle. Of course, uh, one of the pictures Rachel Maddow oh showed was Gates <laughs> Greenberg with our old friend Roger Stone, old, all in oh, one right. photo. Air quotes, old yeah, friend. Yeah, friend. There's right. air quotes. There's air quotes. Convicted felon, Roger Stone. That's true. Rachel did use that language. Um, but you can see, I mean, this is just classic Florida stuff. You know, the shadiness of politics in, in Florida. I mean, it's a sunny place for shady people. And yes, um, in 2016, you really got to see a lot of a lot of weirdos come to power. Not so, just Gates and Greenberg, but even Rob DeSantis was all part of this Trumpy wave that 2016 and after, you know, that Florida's just gone full red. And I just feel bad for the people of Florida because, again, their options were Ron DeSantis, total scumbag, or the other fellow who was after Andrew Gillum, Andrew Gillum, who then was found to be at a party where somebody overdosed on crystal meth. And then the whole thing was a nightmare. And uh, I just feel st- <laughs> we have so many people in this country. Can't like, this is it. Yeah. This right. is our creep. This is our cream of the crop. <laughs> All right. So Matt Gates, he tried to spin this story out initially as saying he might retire early oh. uh, because you know how all these power hungry maniacs like to retire early. They don't like to stay in these positions of power for forever. No. Or they like to dip their toe in and get out. Yeah. Newsmax. Who wants power? <laughs> he said he's going to work at Newsmax. That was the offer. That was the original story. And then the New York Times story oh. came out about him being investigated. And then all and then the Newsmax news was like, oh, my God, we got to get this get guy. This guy. <laughs> they saw his performance in Tucker Carlson. And they're oh. like, well, if Tucker Carlson thinks it's weird, then it must be perfect for Newsmax. I hate television news. No one should watch it unless I'm on it. But <laughs> it's my watching that on. interview with Tucker and Matt Gates when he implied uh, that Tucker was, was somehow a witness. witness. To human trafficking. You were there, Tucker. You remember? The, you were there. the girl I brought. She didn't look seventeen, did she? It's literally like from the movie Tommy Boy, when <laughs> when Tommy Boy is on stage, he's like, "I, Larry, I lost my, I lost my virginity <laughs> to your daughter for crying out loud." Bobby, you were there. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today. With each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Tucker Carlson looked like he was about to shit. <laughs> he was just, you could, that, well, to be that fair, tight t- asshole that he already has, except for on Saturdays, that tight asshole somehow got even, even tighter because yeah. he was just like, I don't re-, and then he literally did the, I don't recall that. Right. Oh my God. No, when they came back from commercial, he was like, well, that was the weirdest thing I've ever done. Let's talk sports. Let's just change it up a little bit. Yeah. You can imagine the. Greasy fingers uh, that have uh, changed, uh, that have shaken hands with one another over the dinner table, uh, sat around by people like Matt Gates and Tucker wonder, Carlson. So. You wonder how far it's going to go. I mean, is it going to be like Watergate? Because I feel this is just Gates Gate, and he's just going to leave, and then that'll be it. He might go to Newsmax or OAN. Someone like Gates, he is a socialite. Okay. He loves to blab. Yes. I would not be surprised if because he is such a blabby, blabby king that he just if it ends up rolling up three, four five more people. Yeah, he's been around. Matt Gates has done. He has been a very public, public official. He's hung out with a lot of people. Who knows? Yeah. Teenage girls. A lot of people. But yeah, who knows? <laughs> where 
you don't just bring somebody, you don't just fly somebody over state lines to have them hang out in your hotel. Right. You had to go out to places with her. Of course, he also has a family with an adult wife. It, who knows where this stand, scandal goes? Right. Because it is like, it is so gross. This is the first, I think this is, do you think this is the biggest scandal in like this kind of like Q era when it comes to one of their own being accused or, I mean, I guess Trump has been accused multiple times. I don't even know, like, does this move the needle at all for the movement that is Trumpism? Or does Roger Stone somehow finagle a narrative where Matt Gates is 12 months from now hosting a show on Newsmax <laughs> and no one seems to give a crap? I don't know. I feel like it's going to make them double down. I feel every time you, you know, more information came out about Trump, they doubled down. This is going to make him make them somehow double down. They're going to, you know, they're going to spin this away that just works for them. Yeah. They Matt Gates will be the new Q shaman, basically. Um, and, you know, it's like you said, how do you spin it? Um, but I, I don't think Gates is going to get out of this too scot-free. Um, I no, think he's, he's going to be marked up and bruised. And I mean, who knows? It's a criminal investigation. Human trafficking takes it, it. You can look at up to 10 to 15 years for a single offense, which it seems like that's all we have right now is this 17 year old that he uh, flew across state lines. But hey, 10 to 15 years, it's a, it's a pretty good chunk of life. And even if he goes down, the this, their, the whole thing is not affected. Again, I feel like they truly just, the, oh, we have some bad apples. It's now more important than ever that, and it's, that we do this. And it's such an amorphous bean. It just seems like, you know, when you put that special kind of, uh, when you put that special metal in the little, in the little goopy stuff, and then you can move the goopy stuff with the, <laughs> with the magnet. Iron I, filings and ma- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like that, <laughs> right? Where they're just gonna cover it up. It's just gonna slowly. He's just gonna go and just be kind of absolved into the ooze, and somebody else will come out of it. Anyway, Matt Gates, he's thirty-eight. He has said that he wants to get a job on Newsmax or One America News because where do corrupt politicians go other than someplace maybe slightly more corrupt, which is television. Oh, so that story, we'll keep you up to date on what's going on with Gates. I mean, this Gatesgate, Gatesgate, it has to hit close to home. I mean, just this has to like be a big deal, right? You hope so. You hope human for- sex trafficking. This is what Comic Gate was. This is what Comic Pizza was all about. Right. It's only if this is not a big deal if, now. Then if, I don't know. Was it ever a big deal? <laughs> if Hillary and Obama are doing it. Yes. Very bad. But if, you know, it's Trump or some other Republican rep, we're good. We're good. Don't even worry about it. We'll sweep it under the rug. Cognitive dissonance. Mm, How convenient. All right. Before we get to some grievances of this week, uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Minneapolis. The trial of Derek Chauvin uh, is currently underway. I believe we are in day four right now. Minneapolis. I've been talking to a lot of my friends in Minneapolis. Everyone is watching. This is must-see TV. And there is a lot of tension right now taking place in Minneapolis. Obviously, we saw what happened in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. And hopefully we can get justice when it comes to Derek Chauvin. Of course, the family of George Floyd, they have a massive amount of economic income that came in. They got a $27 million settlement. All right, that is what it is. But this is not even... It is about the Floyd family, obviously, but this is also about our system. This is about what kind of country do we want to live in? And this is about policing as a whole. So it's it's bigger uh, than George Floyd. In some ways, uh, you could argue a martyr for the criminal justice reform movement. Now, is this person perfect? Who is? No one. And please, one of the things that is driving me crazy, and this happens every single time, character assassination. The only... As far as I'm concerned, uh, the defense for Chauvin has been trying to get a video released of previous interactions that Floyd had with cops. Uh, Apparently, there were some drug charges he never should have been pulled over for. And the question is, why was he interacting with these cops at all? Why were they interacting with him at all? Okay. Character assassination of George Floyd is one of the most disgusting things that you could possibly do in response to this man being massacred on the streets of an American city for 10 minutes as bystanders watch on. It is disgusting. When they do shit like that, if I die, you could character assassinate. I'm a human being. 
Right. I have made mistakes. I've done a fuck ton more drugs probably than George Floyd. Hmm. But despite them not showing that initial arrest that involved different officers, which is, I think, why the judge said, OK, that's not admissible here when it comes to the defense. The defense is still doing what they do by just trying to blame the victim for this cop, Derek Chauvin, kneeling on his neck for 10 minutes as he died in front of people. Tao, the other officer that was there. Right. This man absolutely despicable as well. Apparently, as Derek Chauvin was murdering George Floyd in public, Tao kept on repeating, this is what drugs do to you. This is what drugs do to you. And the witnesses were like, that nothing to do with drugs there, dude. Right. This was all over it. And don't forget, this was all over a $20 counterfeit bill that George Floyd attempted to cash at Cup Foods. Even the person who worked at Cup Foods literally told his boss, he's like, I'll give him 20 bucks. Who cares? Let's not call the police. Let's not get police involved. The owner said, no, we're getting the cops involved. And that's what happens. I don't care what Floyd did. And I'm not even talking about him anymore. What happened? What Derek Chauvin did to him is so unconstitutional. It's so illegal. And it needs to stop right now. And the sad reality is, had people not been so pissed in Minneapolis, had people not forced the hand of the prosecutor to arrest Derek Chauvin, he would still possibly be behind a batch in a squad car pulling over your friends and family right now. Right. Yeah. I think Fernando nailed it earlier. Um, you know, the these these witnesses who another, by the way, tactic of the defense is to kind of um, try to put the pressure on the witnesses and yes. get them to get angry. Yes. And you saw a lot of these witnesses keeping their cool. It's like, no, I was the staying only, professional. The only witness that got a little bit upset was the white female EMT. Right. Who wanted to help and was not allowed to. Yes. Who was starting to get a little bit upset with the defense attorney and the judge was like, yo, you just got to answer his questions. Every single person that I saw and I watched her for a couple of hours uh, throughout this week, every single person, every eyewitness person that I saw handled, held it together, uh, held it together, handled themselves amazingly, given, given again the fact that they just witnessed a public execution right. that is going to stay with them forever. I've never seen a person get murdered in front of me, and uh, I prefer if I if it stays that way. Right. I mean, and and to Fernando's point, if these people had done anything other than just witness this crime, and, screwed. and tape, they would have been screwed. You saw what happened to the guy who videotaped Eric Garner. Yep. I mean, another man who said he couldn't breathe to a police officer while he was choking him. That was eight years ago. Um. So the you know. This trial is very important. Um, what is being said and done in this trial, I think, will um, have a lasting legacy on how we try these crimes in the future. One thing that I will say as a, as a positive, I guess, mm -hmm. I watched the prosecution in this case. I thought he was doing a, a really good job of piecing together what was going on. They have all the CCT, CCTV cameras. Everything is, you know, kind of concise. It is... From a theatrical perspective, it is a stage. It is a pretty clear cut situation that we can all understand because we've all been on the side of a street. We've all st stood on a sidewalk. So I think the prosecution is doing a good job of just setting up what the heck is going on. Giving a little backstory of the individuals who witnessed it as well. Uh, the martial arts expert, for example, talking about how he had caught a fish the day before, how he went to Cup Foods to get some something to drink. Just human. Right. Just so we can because it's sad. And this is, again, going back to air quotes, privilege, whatever. When it Not even air quotes, privilege. But when it comes to uh, having to humanize someone, right. the fact that all of these people are poor and black, the prosecution has to go above and beyond to humanize. So the man who is a martial artist talks about catching a fish that all of us have done and saying how it sucks to watch the fish die, you know, and uh, talking about how he had to cut the fish off. But then he also tied that in with what happened with George Floyd. And I thought he did a really good job of a compelling narrative talking about how he saw George Floyd's eyes um, die in front of him, just as he saw the fish's eyes die in front of him previously that day. And so I think they did a really good job. And the prosecution is approaching this from a what I consider to be a much more intense level than previous cases. I mean, that's what prosecution is, right? You saw that in the impeachment trial of Donald Trump. They pieced together a timeline. This is what was said, and then this was what happened after but, what was said, and it's similar with this. But the Eric Garner, what I'm saying is the prosecution for the cops in the Eric Garner case 
if they, they didn't even go to trial, did they? Nothing went to trial. I Nothing went that. to trial. So it, like that in itself, I guess, is a, is a small accomplishment. F- and again, small because we need to have a, a proper outcome in justice. But the fact that he got charged for murder is a huge thing, uh, honestly. And not first, it's second, third and manslaughter. Right. So I don't see uh, whatever. But anyway, uh, so we will keep you up to date up to date on what's going on in Minneapolis. Be safe. Uh, be safe, everyone, um, because that is it's really hard to watch. Uh, but I also think very important uh, because George Floyd, in this case, again, I believe he's become a martyr for the much larger conversation about uh, criminal reform, criminal justice, police reform. There's no justice in our criminal system. Police reform in this country. And it's just hopefully this moves the needle. But as we saw with what's going on with Georgia's reaction to the gun violence, where they just want people to get them online. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm not holding my breath here, um, which is a sad statement to say, given uh, the fact that um, George Floyd and, uh, and of course, Eric Gardner could not breathe at all. All right. Well, let's move on here. Just lastly, let's do moments of grievance. Um, Fernando, grievance. My grievance today is with uh, cognitive dissonance, as I was talking okay, about earlier. That's the word for Fernando today. Yeah, Words. It, uh, AOC uh, is calling is saying that us using the word surge to okay. describe the border crisis is white supremacy. And okay, so you spent the past four years. You know, I, I, I'm, actually, she was. She hasn't been four years. You spent your your terms talking about this border crisis. The you, true uh, crisis. The children tr- in the cages. The true crisis. Happening. Children in cages. You kept saying children in cages. You said it a lot of times. children now. You said it a lot of times, AOC. But as soon as Biden got elected, the story changed a little bit. And it's really, and this is why the binary media that we live in is so unbelievably like, it's uh, such a mind fuck, you know, because now the only ones covering the immigration crisis is Fox News. And of course, they're approaching it from a non-humane perspective. Right. Uh, but none of the other media outlets are even covering it at all. And these, there's more children now. You know, it's just devastating. It's horrible. And it's really, it's, it's just horrible so, that, uh, that uh, people aren't staying and paying attention to it because it's only getting worse. So that's not what upsets AOC. It's the fact that they called it a surge. Again, it, uh, there uh, is a surge of people right now. And we're not even talking. Again, why are we talking about the root causes of this? We don't even. AOC has a much. She has a responsibility, I think, to uh, to behave much or to articulate herself much better in these cases. And, and we'll. This is why, again, I never, I don't buy shirts with politicians on them unless they're dead, because you never know how the tides are going to change. And I think that AOC should be holding the Biden administration's feet to the fire a hell of a lot more on immigration. I also think it's a political winner for her, unless yeah. she wants to get up in her committee meetings, unless she wants to be the head of the committees, which. Nobody gives a crap about. If I was ever in office, I wouldn't want to be on any committees. I'd be like, I'm just working with my folks here. <laughs> in her defense, that was her logic too. She said, "It's it, we shouldn't focus on the surge thing. We should focus on the the causes. That it's a you know a, a but focus fr- on the causes. A disenfranchisement then. and you know she just didn't like the word surge. And I just I thought I it was hate. a really interesting article of how it was very interesting it's how that. getting out of answering the question. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm doing right now, Ben. Hey, oh, I love it. I love Travis it. Travis Grievance, do you have any New York? Yes, I want to talk about it. Uh, I mean, it relates to AOC, but New York uh, has finally legalized weed. The New York Senate did it. They uh, voted 40 to 23. And also New York City ended qualified immunity for police officers. That ties into the Derek Chauvin. A a big reason why police cannot get charged um, uh, for murdering someone by a family is because of qualified immunity for um, these officials. So with New they have York, a license to kill, and it's not just a movie, right? It is literal and real. And with New York City ending that, that um, starts to hopefully get that conversation moving across the nation. Hopefully, other cities start to do it. Um, hopefully, it happens federally at some point. But I would be remiss if I did not point out, Ben, that when you ran for Brooklyn Borough President in 2017, Woo. a key part of our campaign was legalizing marijuana and criminal justice reform. And once again, four years later. Here we are, right again. 1.8% of the general public in Brooklyn were correct. But thank God I didn't win that because uh, I have to do this. Yeah, you have to do this. Yes. But it is nice when you run for office. One of the nice things is even when you lose, you look back and be like, well, I was right about that. Oh, it's fan. I mean, honestly, again, as I've always said on this show, get involved, win, lose, or draw. It doesn't matter. Um, it's just about learning the process and meeting people. It's fantastic. Yeah. You'll, it'll, it'll, It'll grow your heart and grow your mind. And grow your and community. It will. And, you know, who cares if you win? Or, I mean, it doesn't matter. And whatever. Just, just go learn. 
to me, it's what legitimized you two to me. You know, oh. seeing that you actually were you were in the weeds. You were actually soldiers. You we were definitely in the, in the weeds. The war of the <laughs> you can say it was a grassroots campaign. <laughs> HailYourselfAmerica.com. You, you can watch the movie it. yourself. And if anyone wants to run, hit us up for questions. We love talking about it. All right. We'll teach you how to lose. Okay, everyone. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Hope you're doing all right out there. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.